again, please. How are we all doing tonight? Oh, that is so much better. I love you guys. Um, so I am speaking tonight. I'm not going to take too much of your time up because my voice is kind of going, but I will do my best to share. Um, so who was present this morning? Yep. Mm -hmm, yep. Cool. All right. So this morning, Jamie shared a pretty epic word on worship and worship is number one. And funnily enough, <laughs> I'm speaking on worship as well, <clears throat> as if I wouldn't. You guys probably know me very well <laughs> and I love worship. Anyways, I'm speaking a little bit tonight um, on physical worship. So Jamie um, touched a little bit on it this morning um, and mentioned about expressions of worship. Now, worship, what a wonderful thing worship is. It is great. Um, it's not just coming together and singing songs along to a band or following the lead of someone standing beside you. It is something that looks like something. Worship looks like something. There is always an expression to worship. Um, I, I love it because it incorporates the status of our heart and a physical action to show our devotion to our creator. Does that resonate with you guys? Yep. Awesome. I like to make sense. <laughs> because sometimes I don't. <laughs> um, so it's pretty much where our heart is and what we do combined together. Um, sorry, I'm going to have to clean my throat. It's not a good night for me. <laughs> um, but it can be anything. I love worship. Physical worship can be anything. I really want you guys to grasp the concept of physical worship tonight to understand that you can do it every day in everything that you do, in any place that you are, in every single opportunity that approaches you. It is so powerful to understand that waking up in the morning and spending um, time perfecting your bed and making it really nice and neat can be an act of worship if you've got the right heart behind it. Lord, I want to make a really clean bedroom for you so that I can spend my time with you in a really neat and tidy bedroom. That is an act of worship. Going and making maybe um, your parents a cup of tea in the morning or coffee to show that you love them, that is an act of worship because it's an act of serve serving. And in doing that, you're showing that you have a heart to serve and you want to express love that God has put in your heart and you're showing that to your parents. So that is it. that can be an act of worship and having the right attitude about it. Going to school with a right attitude, looking neat and not answering back to the teachers. <laughs> And having a mentality that you're going there to learn and you want to do well and you want to show 
God that you want to learn and get a lot out of it is an act of worship. Going to work and doing an exceptional job because you want to prove to Jesus that you are doing your job for him because you want to make him proud is an act of worship. Um, it can be learning an instrument like Reuben how he can play the drums and the keys and the guitar and the bass and he can sing. He's a bit of a freak. It's amazing. But learning it, learning an instrument and using that to express worship is another way. Our voices, obviously, we can use to sing in, for worship. I know this is probably really simple but I just want to lay a little bit of a foundation first before I keep going one really big thing that a lot of people don't understand is writing I'm a bit of a writer I really like writing notes and everything but writing out what's on your heart is also an act of worship if you guys um, go out into nature and observe God's creation and write down what you see, it comes out creatively in the words that you put down on paper. That is also an act of worship, expressing your love and gratitude and praise to God for what he's created and being like, wow, you created this for us. That, And you can be well more poetic, like I'm, I'm not very good at being poetic, but Using words to express on paper what you see is also an act of worship. And the last one is what I'm going to talk a little bit more on tonight is movement. So it can be dancing in the privacy of your own home, in your bedroom. It can be Dancing in the aisles of the church whilst a service is going on, a worship service. It can be raising your arms in worship when the music is going. It can be stamping your feet or clapping your hands. It can even be bobbing your head because you don't know what else to do. (laughs) Physical expressions. It always looks like something. Jamie also mentioned this this morning, but he, this is Graham Bollington's favorite chapter. (laughs) Um, Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do you guys ever find that you listen, you're listening to a particular song? It doesn't necessarily have to be a worship song. It can be a secular song. And you just feel the urge to move. Do you guys get that? Yep. And you just feel like bopping. And you don't even notice. That's pretty cool. That's responding to the music. And... When you step into a worship setting in corporate worship or in your bedroom and you start moving to the music, there is something so powerful in the moves that you make. 
It's your body naturally responding and your spirit, sorry, your spirit naturally responding to what's coming into your ears and outworking a physical action. So powerful. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. So cool. Worship is an expression. Now, it it does come from the heart position, 100%, but it also needs to be expressed. See how you guys have relationships with, say, your family or your friends. How do they know that you love them? Are they telepathic and can they read your mind? <laughs> or... Do you express to them how you feel about them through a physical action? Now, physical action is speaking or hugging or giving presents or gifts, writing notes, etc., etc. So you show people that how you feel about them and how you care about them via physical expressions it's the same with worship I'm going to share a little bit of a story Um, (laughs) this is a little bit embarrassing for me to talk about because I'm still not quite used to it but um, three months ago Jamie and I started dating and as thank you thank you very much thank you (laughs) and as we were leading up to figuring out how we felt about each other, we were kind of react like reading each other a little bit. Stop. (laughs) It's not like that. Like, no, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Okay, so one Sunday morning, this is right before um, we started dating when we were still kind of working it out um, in the Lord's time. One Sunday morning I was on coffee and it was the weekend that Mike Barrett was here. Now, I love making coffee, and I had just finished making coffee for everybody, everybody, and I made one more coffee that wasn't paid for, that I paid for, and it was a double shot long black. And I can't remember who it was that was on coffee with me. It was either Palu or Alicia, I think. It was Alicia. And I said to her, I was like, can you take this to the kitchen? She's like, okay, who am I giving it to? And I was like, "Uh, Jamie. And she was like, okay. So she went and took it to the kitchen and gave it to Jamie. Little did I know in that small, tiny, insignificant act that I just thought I was making my mate coffee, I actually told him that I loved him. (laughs) bit awkward now that I think about it. I was like, damn, was I ready for it? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I made him a cup of coffee and sent it to the kitchen with Ali. And that was his confidence to go to my father the next day and ask permission to date me. (laughs) Apparently from that moment, he was like, she loves me. (laughs) That was not my intention. (laughs) But it worked out well. (laughs) 
so that that was my way of I guess showing him and letting him know how I felt about him I made him a cup of coffee um so how does Jesus know how we feel about him we express it to him in physical actions I am going to specifically speak on dance um dancing as an expression yes like that Dylan dancing as an expression of worship tonight now I have been brought up by two lovely parents that happen to be here tonight, uh, Barry and Margie Day. And my mother carries a natural um, ability to dance and dance prophetically. She has done this since before I was born. She did discipleship training with YWAM. Have you guys heard of YWAM? It's Youth with a Mission. And they're like internationally renowned um, like they're everywhere in the world and they minister and evangelize and bring people to Jesus like there's no tomorrow. It's crazy good. My mom did a stint with them in New Zealand and New Caledonia. And while she was over there, while she was over there, um, it instilled in her a passion for dance and the performing arts. And she did uh, pretty intense training with dance over there. Am I right? Yes, I'm right. So obviously when she she came back to Griffith and married dad, she brought that with her and the passion stayed with her throughout all of my childhood childhood and it's still with her now. Now when I was growing up <laughs> I realized what this was now or what it that just go no, never mind. But when I was growing up it, I used to struggle watching mum dance. Like It was beautiful. Everybody used to rave about how beautiful it was. And, oh, your mother's dancing is so emotional. It really speaks to me. I couldn't stand to watch her. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I, I don't understand. I'd never understood why I was embarrassed until now. Um, until actually this weekend as I was pondering over what to speak on. I... Because she danced with so much emotion and what she was dancing physically changed things in the atmosphere and shifted things and ushered in the Holy Spirit. As a child, what I believe was um, a little voice from something that wasn't from God telling me how to feel oh, this is embarrassing. Like you can't watch your mother act or dance like this. Like, wow, how shameful. Um, And tried to turn me off dancing. So I have always kind of been standoffish towards dance as an expression of worship up the front in front of people because of that little voice that I heard. And it grew and grew and grew because I didn't know what to do with it. I was only young. And... I'm so grateful now that I've been through something that's made me realize what it was. Now, I have just come back um, from a trip overseas to America. I went to um, Worship You, which is a worship school at Bethel Church in Redding, California. And they have a massive creative arts platform in regards to worship. They push everything they're like try this try this try this um 
they're all for every single expression of worship from painting to singing to playing guitar um, and dancing. Dancing has a massive part in their worship services at Bethel. Now, I I was not going to – I didn't sign up for one of the sessions um, because I was like, I don't need to know how to dance. My mum does that. That's her gifting. That's her anointing. That's her calling. That's for my mum. It's not for me. Oh, God has a funny way of really, like, turning you upside down when you say something's not for you. <laughs> I, on on the first day there, the Lord really put upon my heart an impression to step out of my comfort zone. And so I re-looked at the electives for the next day and I noticed one called Healing Dance, part one, and then part two was straight afterwards. I read through the uh, little blurb about it and it, it spoke about the partnership between intercession intercessory prayer, intercession, which is praying on behalf of somebody or a church or a city, standing in the gap for somebody. Um, it talked about the partnership between intercession and dance. And that sparked my <laughs> attention straight away. I was like, oh, okay, I'm an intercessor. I like doing that. Uh, maybe I should go and check that out because my mum dances. Maybe this will show me something about what she does and I'll understand it a bit more. So I went to this course, um, this elective, and it was run by this, um, I think she's a Norwegian, Norwegian young woman named Sara Tanya, and her testimony is amazing. Um, I'm not going to go through it right now because I'm going to speak about mine, but she, um, she spoke about the connection between dance, worship, and intercession, and how when you step into a place and listen to Holy Spirit's direction and do specific movements, it can change the atmosphere. It can change things that are happening and it can set what Jesus wants to happen in motion just by the simple movements of your body. It's crazy. It was awesome. Now, she, after she spoke and explained to us a bit about her testimony, um, what she was doing at Bethel and, um, and about the partnership between the two, she, um, she led us through an exercise. Now, Bethel has, um, this a tool called Sozo. Now, Sozo is very, very similar to what we have here um, called Theophostic Prayer. It's a tool that um, helps the Holy Spirit to highlight areas in your life that um, have bound you, kept you from freedom. Um, You work through it with a, a pastor and Holy Spirit, and Jesus shows you the truth behind what's happened and shows you how to deal with it and helps you through it. It's very, very powerful tool. I've been through it myself. Um, so has Jamie and many people in this room. And it's very, very similar to what Bethel has of Sozo. Um, so she she led us through this exercise, which was to dance the Sozo. 
So she separated it into three parts. I've got to get to the next page. Um, she separated it into three parts, prayed with us before each part, and then directed us in what to do. So the first part of the Sozo dance, she had us start, uh, she separated us into two groups. So this was a massive, massive thing for me to step out and do because we had to dance in front of so many people. There was about 40 people there. So she separated us into two groups of about 20 and half were sitting on the floor and they were to be the intercessors. So they were to pray on our behalf as we danced that we um, would find healing in the dance as the Holy Spirit led us through it. Um, so she separated us. We started at the very front of the room. So we had lots of space and she prayed with us. And the first part of it was she had us think of a memory where God had come through for us and showed us how much he loved us. And then we were to dance out what we felt. Um, my personal, um, instance that I thought of was the last time I had theophostic ministry with Steve. I have a habit of keeping all of really big things that happened to me written down because I write everything so I can remember it. Um, so I knew it, it was fresh in my mind cause I go through it sometimes to see how far I've come and to remind me of the battles that. I've won with Jesus by my side. So the last Seafostic session was a pretty big one. Um, and it happened on the 12th of August, 2016. And I danced out my gratitude to Jesus for bringing me through that. So she always begun it with praise and thanksgiving. It was pretty interesting because as we stepped into that, like I've never danced in front of people. <laughs> I'm pretty clumsy. <laughs> I'm pretty clumsy. Oh, wait, apart from like pretending to be drunk at a youth skit, that's about the only dance I'll do in front of people. Reuben knows it well. <laughs> so does Tilati. It's ridiculous. Anyways, to step out in front of all these people and to dance, listening to the direction of the Holy Spirit is a, was a completely new thing and I was freaking out. But nevertheless, I was obedient and I did it and it was great. And it, it, was, it just amazed me how easy it was to step into the voice of the Holy Spirit and be so sensitive to hearing what he had to say and he said, go this way and oh, I've just undone my shoelace, is go this way and then go this way and do this movement. And I was like, wow, this is actually really easy. I feel like I'm a dancer. It was crazy. Anyways, that was the first part. Now, after we did that for I think about two minutes or something, the second part, um, before we started that, Sarah had us take a step forward. So in doing that, it's a physical act onto the next part of the healing through the Sozo dance. Um, she said that this is a significant move showing that you're ready to move on to the next part to meet Jesus in the next, in the next session. Pretty much it's the session. Um, Sarah asked for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us an area that we needed freedom in, 
in which we were struggling. The area that came up to me was my self-worth. Now, I have struggled with my self-worth for my entire life. It has been a really big issue and it has also been a major part of issues with friends and because you find your self-worth in other people. I went through seasons of trying to find it in boys back when I was in the world and then in my job and then in friends and it was still continuing in friends. It was ridiculous. There was so much deception in my mind about my self-worth and that was what came to mind and Holy Spirit was like, okay, are you ready to dance with me, Hannah? And it, it was an intense dance. I started crying the moment I started moving. Um, the physical movements that the Holy Spirit led me through, I knew they were from him because they were intentional. I remember moving down and getting to a position on the floor and doing quite violent like jerks forward, I think. And then it was like I, and then my movements were me acting like I was pulling things out of my back, almost like, you know how words can be like knives? Yeah. That's the physical action that I felt like I was pulling out in this dance with the Holy Spirit. And it was heartbreaking and liberating at the same time. And I was so emotional. I couldn't even see because I was crying so much and stupid me wore, wore mascara. So of course I had like black streaks down my eyes and you know, when you wear a mascara and it kind of stings a little bit when you cry, just a little bit, that's the mascara I was wearing. I was like, oh great. I can't see. Anyways. So, um, the, I was, oh, that's right. I said barbs or or big spearheads out of my back. That's right. And knives. It was crazy. And I, and it's like I could physically, like I could see in my mind's eye the, the items that I was pulling out of my back that had been placed there by people that I had placed significantly in my life that caused me a lot of damage. And it was a very strong dance. And And I went through it and then finished with throwing them away. And it was, I can't, I can't describe it to you guys, but it was such a big thing. And after that was finished, we needed, we took our third, our second step, next step forward into the last part of the sozo and danced another dance of praise and gratitude for what Jesus had just done in our life. Um, And that, that, third dance was also quite emotional because I could feel lighter. I could feel these things weren't on me anymore. And dancing that out, I just felt light on my feet and full of joy. It was very, it was definitely from the heart. So the physical actions that I was doing reaffirmed what Jesus had just done in the previous dance. I thought it was just a personal thing for me, the way I danced. But after we had finished, and um, a Costa Rican lady named Diana came up to me, and she was emotional, and she pulled me aside, and she said, 
what's your name? And I was like, oh, Hannah. And she said to me, I need to tell you what I saw in your dance. That second one that you did, she said, I saw deliverance in you. And I was like, whoa. And she's like, it was so moving. I couldn't take my eyes off you. You danced so beautifully, but it was so powerful and it was deliverance. You just danced into deliverance. And I was like, wow. For for me to feel that and then for somebody to confirm that, somebody I didn't know from the other side of the world, you know, seeing like watching this and then being like, that's what I see. And then to tell me it was very encouraging, but it was, oh, I can't explain it. It was amazing. It was so encouraging. Dance is such a powerful tool that Jesus has given us to to use. And guys, I know what you're thinking. I'm never going to be caught dead dancing in front of people. <laughs> and you're smart, but none of the rest of you. <laughs> Absolutely. But as it does he, I'm yet to see that. But I want you guys to understand that not necessarily dance, but physical acts, movements, can bring breakthrough in your lives and it's an act of worship like dancing how you feel to the Holy Spirit act of worship and in doing so it can kickstart a healing inside you and bringing up things to the surface that you didn't even know were there you didn't even know bothered you and Holy Spirit can just bring it to your mind A big part of that was breaking through the stigma of shame, of not feeling like you can dance and dancing in front of like 40 other people, sorry, 20 people that were focused on their own dances, but the other 20 that were interceding for us and a professional prophetic dancer. That's quite intimidating. Um, And so now I look back at how I reacted to when my mum danced like that. And I understand why I got embarrassed. It's because the enemy wanted to stop me from recognizing the power that we've got in our dance, in our movements, in our actions. Proverbs is so much wisdom in Proverbs. Proverbs 14 verses 9 and 10 I'll say it in the way that the NIV states it and then I'll kind of put it into normal terms. It says, Fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright. Each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. It's no one else's business what you work through with the Holy Spirit. So even if I did look like a fool, dancing in front of those people, you know what? Who cares? Because I wasn't dancing for them. I was dancing for Jesus and my own personal freedom in worship. It's not about anybody else. And there, most of the time, I bet you that people aren't going to understand what you've been through. I'm very lucky because you guys are all relatively on the same page as me. 
you know. But there will be some mockers that will be like, oh, would you even do that for? That's embarrassing. But it's none of their business because they don't get it. They have no idea. They're blinded. One of the most acknowledged worshippers in the Bible was King David. He messed up heaps of times, heaps of times. But he was so well known for his worship. Um, I'm going to read a, pass- a little bit in Second Samuel that kind of relates to this. And Second Samuel verse 6, it says in, oh, sorry, Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 5, it says, David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with songs and with harps, lyres, tambourines, sistrums and cymbals. So they were praising the Lord because the Ark of the Covenant got brought back to Jerusalem. I'm not going to go through the next bit because it's a little bit depressing. But um, in verse verse 14, it says, David, um, when those who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had taken six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fan calf to celebrate the returning of of the ark. David wearing a linen ephod. (laughs) I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's just an undergarment, right? So I don't know if they call it a loincloth or if it was just undies. Who knows how they fashioned them those days. But David wearing his undies danced before the Lord with all of his might while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. He did not care what he looked like. He was dancing in his undies. Boys, please, this is not um, permission to crack out your budgie smugglers. We prefer you to stay clothed. But, like, if you feel like dancing in your undies at home, go for your life. But David didn't care what he looked like. He danced out of pure joy and worship and praise to God. The part that I can sort of relate to and look back now is um, is his wife, Michael, or Mikal. I don't know how to say her name properly. Mikal. She was disgusted by the way he danced. She was so embarrassed to the point of she decided, like, started to hate him. She was like, I don't want to borrow you. You embarrassed me. Ill. how could you dance like that? And he, <laughs> he, he, was, he said, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father, because she was Saul's daughter, awkward. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm just going to read this up here because my eyes are not great. Um, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people of Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I would become even more undignified and embarrassing than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. 
So pretty much he's saying I would do even more foolish things before the Lord. But in his eyes, I am honored because it's not about what other people think. It's about what God thinks. Don't worry about other people's opinions. I strongly want to encourage you guys to spend some time with Jesus and get to know the sound of his voice so that when you start worshipping at home or at church, wherever you'd like, you listen to him and you say, Lord, what would you like me to do? What actions would you like me to do to represent my worship to you, my love to you? And then start doing it. If you feel like you've got to dance, by all means, dance. The only person that's going to suffer for you not dancing is you because you're going to feel like you're losing out on something and withholding something. And that's probably the case. You know, God's probably got something standing right over here for you and all you've got to do is make a particular movement to get there. But because you didn't want to step out and do it, you don't get there yet and it might take you a little bit longer to get there. But he... He wants you guys to know that it's not about anybody else. It's about you and him. You and him. And so even if you feel like you're going to look like a fool on the floor of your lounge room when there's no one else there with your music up high and you're crying your heart out and you want to start dancing, he's like, by all means, dance for me. I want to see your heart. I'm going to pray with you guys before I conclude, because I'm finished, and I think I've spoken a lot longer than what I thought I was going to, um, I'm going to pray for you guys. But afterwards, I don't want this to just be it. I'd like you to go home and seek Jesus on what he's saying by worship as an expression to him, your own personal expression, and see what he says to you. You never know what he might say. He might want you to start writing awesome poems or songs or draw something amazing or start dancing or learn an instrument. Who knows? So to close, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love, Lord, and for showing us what your love looks like 